0: indeed but no i am tired as hell i have this is like day six or something like that of not vaping oh listen i'm proud of you that's a really long streak though it's a really long streak it's driving me up the wall because there's nothing i want to do more than vape
1: yeah at least you have your edibles i don't know can't
0: do that they while don't you work help. though <sighs> they don't help Yeah. No, but what I've been doing instead of it, because I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll just do this instead, this will help me quit, is smoking hempettes. Ooh, I love those. I'm running out of them, though. Oh.
1: There's, um, you said they stink? Yeah, they stink like hell. The, yeah, there there were CBD cigs that I got from, I cannot remember the brand for the life of me, but they're really good, but they are, they smell weird. It smells like weed. And it's like you burn weed anyway, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. It just yeah. It stinks a little more, but I like them because I can smoke those during work, but it's still not exactly the same. It's not doing the same thing chemically. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever tried like the patches or the gum? See,
0: I'm trying to quit nicotine.
1: Oh, just all together. The
0: gum have nicotine. Okay, I've thinking- tried because I, I, I started vaping to quit smoking cigarettes.
1: Oh, okay. Gotcha. Right. I forgot. Okay. So you just went cold turkey rather than sort of decreasing. Yeah. That's very gutsy. This seems like the longest streak you've had in a very long time.
0: It is the longest streak I've had in a very long time. And I'm really I'm, proud I'm, of I'm you. Doing my damnedest to get through this. Yeah. It's driving me up the wall. Nicotine withdrawals are going to last a while.
1: <sighs> yeah. How long do those last? Because I I know it's probably going to depend on the amount of time you've been doing it as well.
0: Well, how long does nicotine withdrawal last? Google says that help is available. That's awesome, Google. But how long is this hell going to last? Uh, Let's see. uh, This is from TobaccoFreeFlorida.com.
1: Oh, thanks. Hey, I used to take calls for them or for some tobacco-free organization.
0: Let's see. Take the first step to being smoke-free. These symptoms are a sign that your body is healing from the damage tobacco has caused. That's true. Better yet, symptoms and cravings will fade over time as you stay smoke-free, so stick with it! That's true. Here's some temporary symptoms you might experience while you're quitting, along with what's causing them and some tips to power through. Okay. Uh, hunger. Hunger? Really? Nicotine suppresses your appetite, so it's normal to feel hungrier. Oh. Uh, constipation
1: really oh it, it does make you shit it makes you shit like crazy
0: perspiration it's gonna make you sweat more apparently i
1: already sweat like crazy on nicotine it is not doing what it's supposed to do itchy hands and feet and sore scalp oh that sucks when i was quitting kratom or rather actually this is wrong when i was really really on kratom it makes you itch and it's like okay come on that's humiliating what are we doing
0: It's saying that it makes your blood harder to circulate. Now that you stop smoking, your blood is improving. Circulation is improving. Bringing sensation back to your legs, arms, and scalp. Bringing sensation back. Okay.
1: Uh, Have you lost sensation there? No, I haven't.
0: Okay, well, that's good. I feel like they made that up. Insomnia. After quitting, you may be tired, yet sometimes unable to fall asleep. Yeah. So I practice breathing exercises and relaxation before going to bed. Fuck you. Micah. What? Have you tried it? Have I tried what? Breathing exercises? Relaxation exercises and breathing exercises before going to bed to help with insomnia. Yes, I've tried it. It doesn't okay. fucking work. Okay.
1: I asked because it has worked for me, and so I don't think we should completely discount it for our audience, but also you do have a very different cir- you have a different set of lived experiences than I do.
0: Yes, I do. I spent years only being able to get four hours of sleep per night. That's fucked up. What years? Yeah. What? When was that? <laughs> What do you mean? When it was that? That was like, up until I got on meds. Damn. Four hours. Yeah. Damn. Hey, and now so you're I was getting perpetually tired. And you're talking about getting off the meds? Who even knows if that's still a thing with me? I might be fine after I get off my meds.
1: No, you won't. Love you though. Brains don't just fix themselves. You feel fine now because you're on the meds, and then you get off the meds, and you're like, oh, I want to kill myself bad." But then you can jerk but it. But I and don't it's like, feel oh, fine. Murder.
0: I don't feel fine on my meds. I still. You still seem to feel comparably worse off of them, though. See, I don't think so. My fucking God. And I'm going to try it out, and we'll see if I'm still fucked up, and if (laughs) I don't enjoy it. And if I have to go back on my meds, that's fine. I'll have to go back on my meds.
1: Like, you're not fixed. Like, that's not how it
0: works, either. (laughs) You're stressing me out. You know what else stresses people out? Sleepiness. (laughs) Nicotine is is a stimulant, so getting off tobacco might make you sleepy. Which is the exact opposite of the insomnia that it just said well okay
1: to be fair it does depend kind of on your brain because it keeps me awake because it is a stimulant but also if like you've been on it for a while and then like you were using it to help calm your nerves that is gonna cause insomnia so honestly it depends on the individual like i don't think they're bullshitting i think it just depends
0: irritability yeah quitting nicotine causes irritability while you're quitting you may be bothered or annoyed by the smallest things this is not uncommon it should fade over time as you remain smoke free nicotine addiction causes stress cravings for nicotine also feel stressful because your body begins to go through withdrawal cravings typically last 5 to 10 minutes it might be uncomfortable but try to wait it out tip quitting is hard but the most difficult time is the first days or weeks Right, 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 right. Reward mm-hmm. yourself often in the beginning. It doesn't have to be a big or expensive reward, but maybe as simple mm-hmm. as time spent in a favorite activity. That's a nice idea. You've been playing a lot it of Hearthstone. It will make the whole experience more positive. Hey, do you know what my favorite activity is? Smoking weed and vaping. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Micah, not to,
1: sound, not to sound rude, but you might need to get a hobby. <laughs> Hobbies are good for the brain and the soul. You were playing a lot uh, of Hearthstone last night. I was playing Baldur's Gate, so you were playing Hearthstone. Your yeah, little online card exactly, game.
0: That's not exactly a hobby, though. That's that's just like a mindless activity to take part in to try to avoid the cravings. That's what a lot of hobbies are. A hobby no. is just
1: something you do regularly for fun. You're thinking There's of like I was crafting. doing Hearthstone for fun? That's a
0: job, baby. You d- okay, all right. Hold on. How many years have you been smoking or doing nicotine uh, in general? Jesus, I don't know, Stevie. I, I started in my early 20s.
1: So like about uh, almost 20 years probably? Yeah. And you've had bursts of trying to quit. Which yes. is good because this is, again, the longest you've ever gone, which I would say is very, very good progress.
0: This is not the longest I've ever gone without vaping. Oh, Or oh, oh, without okay. nicotine. Oh, did
1: you like quit for a longer period of time in there?
0: Yeah, I did. Damn. Then January sixth happened, and I got really stressed. I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna smoke."
1: I'd quit, and then I got my new job (laughs) denying. That was on me. Ah, I forgot that the January sixth stuff did get you. Yeah, yeah.
0: But now it's all worked out because everyone involved in the January sixth riots are all going to jail. They look (laughs) no further into it. They
1: are. They are super, super going to jail, and the problem is solved.
0: It's Genderswap. Welcome to Genderswap, a podcast by two transgender siblings, one of whom let the intro go a little bit longer than they'd planned on, because they were planning on keeping a nice and short and sweet cold open, but that just didn't happen this time. And the other one is looking up information online and making faces. I am one of your hosts. My name is Micah. My pronouns are they, them.
1: My name is Stevie. I use he, they pronouns, and Shiloh is making cinnamon rolls outside, and I'm really excited. Yay! Also, I made vanilla simple syrup to put in my coffee, because I don't want to keep
0: buying expensive creamer, and it's delish. Mm. I'm very annoyed, because my favorite brand of uh, non-dairy creamer has been discontinued. Man, fuck that. Silk? Yep. Why? They're Their soy half and half, discontinued. I thought it was popular, but maybe it's just because you liked it. It's almost always, like, running out whenever I go to the grocery store, so I assumed it was popular, too, but... That's annoying. Apparently just not popular enough for them to keep making it.
1: That's fucking annoying. I'm wondering if maybe... I don't know. Maybe maybe it's expensive to make. Maybe they're just trying to veer people towards other products. That sucks. Hey, it, it looks like because your metabolism is adjusting to lack of nicotine and your new blood sugar level, you might feel you have less energy and increased hunger, but... for the first like one to three weeks so you know one to three weeks i know but you're already at about one week so the cravings from here are supposedly supposed to decrease at least in comparison to this first week theoretically you are over the hardest hump so i'm very proud of you for that the first week is supposed to be the hardest it was for me and according to every article I'm looking at online, the first week yeah, is supposed to be the com- hardest. It's
0: cold comfort, though, because it's like, oh, the cravings will be relatively less. Well, the cravings were just about unbearable for the first week. Okay. So relatively less means slightly less than unbearable? Yeah. And that's better than completely unbearable? This is some bullshit. Just thought you should know. God
1: damn. It really shows that I'm an optimist and you're a pessimist sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it does.
0: <laughs> you, know else is you know what else I'm pessimistic about? The news? Our first headline. Mm -hmm. Columbia University suspends student groups, students for justice in Palestine, and Jewish Voices for Peace for allegedly violating school policies. (sighs) Yeah, that's been happening a lot. Colleges
1: getting mad at people for being pro-Palestine and being at protests. I'm sure there's nothing nefarious about that at all.
0: The school says it's because Students for Justice in Palestine and Jewish Voice for Peace repeatedly violated school policies. Officials cited an event Thursday afternoon involving, quote, threatening rhetoric and intimidation. Hmm.
1: What were they actually saying, though?
0: You know, the article doesn't say. Oh. Hmm. And they don't say either in their official uh, statement.
1: Hmm. So it was a dissenting opinion.
0: And they decided it was threatening. Hmm. Hmm. And so suspended them.
1: I'm not gonna say something that could get me arrested. But I'm. It's funny how
0: whenever people speak out against an oppressor, all of a sudden they're the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. A lot of
1: a lot of groups are getting are getting clocked on that and saying that they're being hateful for not wanting uh, an entire group of people to be genocided. Yeah, it's very infuriating. It's very frustrating because it's like, well, you didn't. Y'all didn't really seem to care much about. You know, oppression before now, but now we're pretending we do. Hmm.
0: Only when they're on the side of the oppressor. Yeah. That's very, very, very infuriating. Speaking of things that are infuriating, <laughs> Florida teacher fired for using gender neutral honorific MEX. That's MX by the yeah. way, for those of you who. Yeah. So the
1: teacher themselves uses it and they got fucking fired for it, which is blatant discrimination on the basis of gender identity. Isn't that yes. illegal? Theoretically?
0: Yeah. Hmm. The teacher has filed a discrimination complaint alleging that their termination is a violation of federal civil rights law. Yeah, it, is. it is. A Florida teacher filed a complaint against their former employer after being fired for using the gender-neutral honorific MEX hmm. instead of Miss or Mr. in emails and other school communications. Yeah. The teacher, who uses the name A.V. Vary over their legal name... Taught high school science at Florida Virtual School, an online public school, until October twenty fourth. What the fuck? Very complained, or filed. Very filed a complaint Wednesday with the Florida Commission on Human Relations and the Federal Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, alleging the school discriminated against them based on their gender identity and violated Title Seven of the Civil Rights Act of nineteen sixty four. Does sound like it. Very said the pronouns they use and their birth assigned sex have nothing to do with how they teach physics yeah they are so far from related very told nbc news on friday getting fired for this it's absolute garbage yeah it is neither the florida virtual school nor the florida department of education immediately returned a quest for comment the florida virtual school said in a statement to usa today as a florida public school flvs is obligated to follow florida laws and regulations pertaining to public education you are this includes this includes laws pertaining to the use of personal titles and pronouns within Florida's public school system. Which are not discriminatory, right? Which, but not because of the don't say gay bill.
1: Yeah. Oh, fucking A. I mean, I really hope that they're able to take it, you know, all the way to the top for whatever the fuck that's worth, given our shit ass fucked up Supreme Court. Because, you know, we had the, the predecessor of the civil rights bill. Which theoretically is supposed to take precedence over state bills or state laws are supposed to abide by federal laws. But somehow here we
0: are with this shit ass stupid fucking law. Yeah. Very hmm. said they began using mechs at the start of the school year to send a welcoming message to students amid a slew of state legislation that targeted LGBTQ people and topics and people in topics in schools. Yeah. In March twenty twenty two Republican Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed the controversial Parental Rights in Education Act, or what critics have dubbed the Don't Say Gay Law. Mm. Initially, the measure prohibited classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity in kindergarten through third grade, or in a manner that is not age-appropriate for developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. DeSantis signed an expanded version of the law in May that prohibits such instruction from pre-kindergarten through 8th grade and restricts health education in 6th through 12th grade. I'm sure that won't cause any fucking problems. I'm sure
1: that our abstinence-only sex education was good and didn't lead to really high awful rates of teen pregnancy in southern states. And I'm sure that there will be no negative ramifications of further limiting uh, health classes for fucking teenagers. Woo!
0: The expanded measure also prohibits employees from sharing their pronouns or titles with students if those pronouns and titles don't align with their birth sex.
1: Mm, yeah, there it is. There it is. It's not that they're not allowed to use them. It's only that they're not allowed to use them if they're trans. Yeah. I can't say something that'll. I can't say something that'll get me arrested. Fuck. Fuck. I love saying things that would get me arrested.
0: I know, and I have to edit them out. I know. I know. It's always so much more work for me to do. DeSantis defended the expanded law during a press conference in May, saying teachers and students would never be forced to declare pronouns in school Bullshit. or be forced to use pronouns not based on biological sex. Never be forced.
1: Oh, the trans people are forcing you to use pronouns, you know what I use. What the fuck are you talking about? You sound like a fucking joke. You are embarrassing yourself. Florida's gonna fall into the sea in ten years. Like, grow the fuck up.
0: We never did this through all of human history until, like, what, two weeks ago? DeSantis said of people using pronouns that are different from those associated with their assigned sex. Ron, there's now, a transgender
1: skeleton.
0: Ron, they found transgender skeletons, Ron. <laughs> Fuck! Now, this is something. We're having third graders declare pronouns. We're not doing the pronoun Olympics in Florida. It's <laughs> not happening here. They, they just make up shit to be mad about. Yeah. And then they throw a completely unrelated people under the bus. Yeah. They because just... they need to get angry because the only thing they have to offer their, their constituents is rage against yeah. their enemies or their perceived enemies and to make the lives of their perceived enemies worse.
1: There's no real unification. There's no real benefit to themselves. There is only causing suffering for others and scapegoating them. Like... I don't get how you operate like that. I do not get it, but they're soulless ghouls, and they profit from it. Being hateful and oppressing an entire group of people is really, really profitable, apparently.
0: But it's not. If you look at the most recent elections that happened uh, last week oh, in Virginia, no, Republicans were doubling down on the anti-trans stuff and lost horribly. Ooh.
1: Yeah, it seems like to a certain extent okay the the hateful minority is very very loud but most regular people don't give that much of a shit like most people are kind of like i don't know a single trans person because trans people are are a minority and i i don't know how many like out and proud trans people there are in virginia but i feel like they're probably like why are we focusing on this like is there not other shit that we should be worrying about and also, you sound like a jag-off right now. You sound like a total jag. What are you even talking
0: about? You know?
1: Very Virginia, said though. they
0: knew using MEX could potentially lead to legal issues because of the new law, but they wanted to show their students that they were an ally. Mm. Very said they also realized this year that they are non-binary and that they never felt like they fit into traditional gender norms. Mm. When I switched to MEX, my existing students knew because of the way my email signature was and the way my, home th- my homepage displayed my title and the way I signed my text messages, said Vary, who taught virtually. I didn't announce that I was changing. I didn't talk about being non-binary. I just changed it, and no one said anything.
1: And that was somehow enough.
0: I think we don't give young people enough credit for their adaptability. They all just switched, and it was okay.
1: They don't give a fuck. It's always, think of the children. I have never met a child who gave a shit if they heard somebody was, like, transgender. They are just like, okay, and
0: then changed it. Like, what? Vary said Principal K.J. Anderson at Florida Virtual School initially accepted the new title, Oof. which they added to their email signature and other school communications over the summer. However, on August 28th, in an email shared with NBC News that Vary said was from Anderson, Anderson told Vary that staff and email signatures should display name and no courtesy title. Mm. And that for Vary's teacher announcement page, and outward-facing communication, they were expected to use a standard courtesy title, such as standard. Mrs. or Miss or Mr.
1: Standard.
0: Anderson added that Very could choose to not use a title on their announcement page and could just use their name. Vary responded that they would like to discuss the matter when they return from vacation, and Anderson agreed to that, but asked Very to change the title by the end of the day on August 30th. Very said they didn't change the title. When they returned to school and met with Anderson on September 13th, they said they told him they weren't comfortable using a gendered courtesy title, but they would consider using an alternative gender-neutral one, such as professor, teacher, or coach. Like, that's... Even that wasn't enough.
1: Even that wasn't enough.
0: Damn. Two days later, Very said they had a meeting with Anderson and multiple employees from Human Resources where they were provided with a directive that outlined their actions so far and requested they change their courtesy title by 5 pm that day the directive which very provided to nbc news stated that very had to change their courtesy title to comply with the florida law that bars teachers from sharing their pronouns and titles with students if they don't align with their birth sex anderson did not immediately respond to a request for comment yeah of course he didn't yeah he does not look like the good guy
1: here there's a lot going on here they offered to just take out the arbitrary gendering entirely and that wasn't enough they yeah. just want you to use whatever your birth sex is and suck it the fuck up insane insane
0: yeah. meanwhile there's a shortage of teachers because yeah. florida doesn't pay enough
1: no you need and all the you're goddamn this teachers. shit on top of it you need all the goddamn teachers you can get yeah. Did you hear about that teacher who got fired because she had an OnlyFans to supplement her shit ass income?
0: Like I did hear about that, yeah. The problem here, I don't think, is the OnlyFans. God damn. Teachers in Florida and other states have increasingly come under public scrutiny amid political battles over what content is appropriate for children in library books, history classes, and health classes. Last year a Florida middle school teacher was fired for after students asked her questions about her sexuality and she told them she is pansexual.
1: Damn.
0: Another Florida teacher resigned in June after she was investigated for showing a Disney movie to her class that included a gay character. Jesus Christ. Literally just a fucking showing Disney movie. A
1: Disney movie. And which one? Disney's not necessarily super super yay gay all the time. Like they've had a, a, like 10 different movies that they said had the first ever dis- gay Disney character in it. I literally don't know what they're even talking about here. Was it Lafou from the live action Beauty and the Beast? Because he was, he was pretty homo. But that is the only one I can think of. And that's Beauty and the say. fucking Beast. It doesn't that's, say. That's the Disney bestiality movie.
0: Why are we not getting mad about that instead? Come on. And a Georgia teacher was fired in August after officials say she improperly read a book on gender identity to her fifth grade class. Grow up. Why is this shit so scary to them?
1: Formulating. Formulating thoughts that I have had before about this. Okay. If... People are able to fuck with gender and established, like, mm, gendered expectations within our culture. First, I think that is a demonstration that other traditionally... Excuse me. First, I think that demonstrates that other traditionally accepted ideas are not immovable and are not permanent. And they hate change. Because currently, the established socio-economical everything favors this particular group of people so if it turns out that that's not set the in the patriarchy stone, duh if that's not set in stone like they thought it was then what the fuck are we doing if, if, if it's like the whole idea of like especially there's a lot of like panic surrounding trans feminine people because the idea is like well why would somebody want to be a woman if not for some gross predatory reason and it's like that says a lot more about how you view womanhood than it does about how we view womanhood. You know what I mean? It's seen as, like, a a, a step down, which is why transmasculine people are generally viewed as just, like, lost girls, but not a threat. Because, like, of course a woman would want to be a man. They have more benefit. You know what I mean? Like, so much of that is just established in, like, sexist and patriarchal views already. And also, if you take away the expectation of heteronormative marriage... Then that's kind of breaking out the whole nuclear family And also that's going to pose problems For fucking capitalism If everybody is able to have a community If everybody is able to be polyamorous You know what I mean Like At a certain point it's like Well now we're all living in the same fucking house And you can't buy ten different refrigerators for ten different houses Do you know what I mean The more open and fluid a community And relationships become The less limited and easier They are to divide
0: No I get what you're saying yeah. Uh so anyway, moving on from that headline. Mm-hmm. Uh this is from theregister.com. Uh a Washington Appeals Court has decided that it's perfectly legal for cars to harvest your text and call logs. What? My car? Yeah. Your car doesn't do this. You can't sync up your oh, smartphone to your car. The cars with pewters. The cars with computers though, like mine. Mm-hmm. It's perfectly legal for cars to harvest your text and call logs. And send them to Toyota and Honda and Tesla and everyone. In response to five class action lawsuits, a Washington appeals court has decided that Honda and several other automakers did nothing wrong by storing text messages and call records from connected smartphones. So they can just like read all your shit basically. Honda, Toyota, Volkswagen, and General Motors were all facing charges in separate but related class action suits that all claimed they violated Washington state privacy laws. The cases were all dismissed in court earlier this year, and the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit decided this week they weren't going to reopen the cases to further litigation. The circuit judges hearing the case lumped them all together because the factual background and legal issues are virtually identical, and dismissed the appeal... Not because the automakers hadn't done anything wrong, but rather because the claims didn't meet the Washington Privacy Act's statutory injury requirements.
1: So they weren't hurt badly enough. So you need somebody's life to get really damaged by this before you decide it actually fucking matters. That's insane. Yes. We're, we're trying to prevent something it. very bad from happening. But they're like, well, nobody died from it, so it's probably okay. What, we're just supposed to trust the companies until they shoot somebody? What are you fucking talking about?
0: Jesus. To succeed at pleading st- at the pleading stage of a WPA claim, a plaintiff must allege an injury to his or her business, his or her person, or his or her res- reputation, the judges ruled. Contrary to the plaintiff's argument, a bare violation of the WPA is insufficient to satisfy the statutory injury requirement. What? So they don't... In other don't... words... Oh my god. In other words... It's A-OK for your car to automatically and without authorization instantaneously intercept, record, download, store, and be capable of transmitting text messages and call logs, since the privacy violation is potential, but the injury is not necessarily actual.
1: It's fine if somebody brandishes a knife in your face and pretends like they're going to stab you, because they didn't even stab you yet. Call the cops once you get stabbed, bitch. What? Oh my god. So you can't uphold a law on the principle of the law, on the basis of the law itself. Yeah. That's so... We can only uphold a law if the law is, like... No, as I say, they're not even upholding the law if the law was broken, because the law was broken, but they're like, well, it didn't even count, because it, like, turned
0: out fine this time. <laughs> what? Okay, in the Honda case, uh, vehicles manufactured from 2014 onward store each intercepted recorded and downloaded copy of text messages in a non-temporary computer memory in such a manner that the vehicle owner cannot access or delete it and even if the text message is deleted from the smartphone the (gasps) Honda vehicle retains a copy in onboard memory even after the smartphone is disconnected
1: uh uh that's gonna be used in a criminal case no fucking way no way I hate that I hate that bad Yeah. If somebody runs a red light, they still get in trouble, even if they didn't smash into anybody or kill anybody, because they still ran the red light. Like, what the fuck is not clicking?
0: Oh, my God. Stevie, let's take your run the red light uh, analogy, Mm -hmm. and let's look at it through a slightly different lens. Mm -hmm. Let's say you're a car company. And you have a self-driving mode (laughs) that has a tendency to hit people (laughs) and to run into emergency vehicles on the side of the road. And you push this self-driving mode public so that anyone with one of your vehicles can just turn it on. God. Do you think you'll be held liable for that? No, because they didn't even have to use the self-driving mode. Of course not, because if, you, if, if, if we were to, to, to go against them for that, we would be impeding their right to their ability to do business and make money.
1: So we're allowed to sell a very, very dangerous, deadly product. Because if you make us stop it, we won't even have money from doing that anymore. Maybe you Pretty shouldn't much. make your money off of like making death machines that explode and lock people inside the exploding cars and also like hit children and old people and, like, ambulances and stuff.
0: And hits cop cars on the side of the road, which I think is funny. That's praxis, but... <laughs> yeah, that's praxis. There's actually video of one... On the uh, side uh, of, the, uh, of the road.
1: <laughs> like, they're aiming for it.
0: There's actually a video of one in particular I'm thinking of where the cop car was on the side of the road and got hit by a Tesla going 70. Oh, my God. Because it was on the interstate. The person had the self-driving mode turned on. God, that is so So dangerous. So that's what it is. That is so dangerous. These dumbass fucking cars. These dumbass fucking car companies. Gender swap pro tip of the day. Car companies? Kind of suck. Walkable cities.
1: Walkable cities. No more cars. Tired of the cars. Give me bullet trains.
0: Hey, you want to hear something really fucked up? Sure, because we haven't got enough of that this episode. I saw... Some old pictures from the early 20th century of our hometown. Oh? Do you know what they included? What? Fucking cable cars. We had cable cars? We had cable cars. What the
1: fuck? They took out all our cable cars.
0: Uh-huh. To make what? way for normal cars. Man. Which cost more money and are more expensive and aren't as good as public transportation. And now we like have shit infrastructure. Be. But yeah, we used to have cable cars. Man That'd be really cute. It would be And convenient. It'd be very
1: convenient. Man. Fuck this dumbass state. And also this country.
0: And also the auto industry in general.
1: And fuck also everyone who makes a car. Hey, if you've ever built a car, fuck you.
0: No 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 no. The UAW workers are good.
1: Okay, okay, okay. If you
0: unionized car workers,
1: if you've ever made millions off of building a car, fuck you.
0: <laughs> That's true. The United Auto Workers do not make they millions. They surely money. do not. They do not. Well, I'm going to move us away from uh the news. The news. Thank God. I'm tired of it. And I'm going to move us into a little bit of a uh spookier type zone. A spooky zone.
1: What's I still here? feel
0: bad because we uh Kind of messed up the Halloween episode and didn't make it nearly as spooky as it could have been. That's fair. So I've been trying to make up for it in the subsequent following episodes. Okay. So I'd like to take us to a diagnosis ghost. God, I love this fucking segment. Diagnosis ghost. Diagnosis ghost. Diagnosis ghost. Diagnosis ghost.
1: What kind of freaking ghost we got? Do we even have
0: freaking ghosts to got? Uh, I looked through these and there are apparently ghosts in it. Okay. But these are all stories. Okay. Specifically, six spooky ghost stories featuring friendly dogs. Featuring friendly dogs? This is like an article title? Yes. That's really cute. Did you look up ghost dogs? I looked up ghost dogs. (laughs) This is from Roscoe's com. Hell yeah, sure. Which I assume it's a bed and breakfast for dogs. God, that's actually, cute. Actually, let me let me open that's you without cute. us. Let me see their facility. Oh, yep. It is a boarding. Our building is designed to provide your dog with the best in comfort, cleanliness, and care. Dogs that's in our care are supervised 24-7, 365 days per year as long as there's a dog here. There's always a human to provide love and snuggles. Oh, that's cute. That's really cute. So it's a, it's a boarding place for dogs. That's adorable. Yeah, but anyway, the first legend Mm -hmm. is the Blue Dog Legend. Got in the paint. Said to be the oldest ghost story in American history, the legend of Blue Dog dates back to the 1700s in Port Tobacco, Maryland. Here, legend has it that one night a man named Charles Thomas Sims entered a tavern with his fateful hound dog, Blue Dog. Cute. (laughs) He named his dog, Blue Dog.
1: It's a dumbass name for a dog. That rules.
0: Sims proceeded to brag to the locals about his wealth and gold and ownership of a deed to a rather large estate. After a night of drinking, Sims and his dog departed only to be stalked by a man named Henry Hannos who wanted to rob Sims of his gold.
1: That's what happens, man. That's what happens. You ought to know better.
0: A fight ensued on Rose Hill Road and ultimately... Both Sims and Blue Dog were killed. No! That's fucked up. The dog didn't even fucking do anything. Hanos then buried Sims' gold under a large holly tree on the same road where he planned to retrieve it once the dust had settled. Mm. However, when he returned to the tree some three days later, he was scared off by the ghost of Blue Dog, who had returned to protect his master's treasure. Get his ass, Blue Dog. Blue Dog. To this day, the locals say that every February 8th, on the anniversary of the robbery, Blue Dog can be heard howling by the tree and waiting for his master to return for his treasure. That's really sad. Now, that's one loyal dog. That's really sad. Poor Blue Dog. Okay, so diagnosis ghost or not? Diagnosis
1: ghost for sure. Listen, if ghosts are created from strong emotions, that dog was loyal as hell. I don't think it would take very much for a dog to come back as a ghost. TBH. Like, I, 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 yeah, I'm pretty sure that that dog is a ghost, and I really this wish... This is the
0: exact opposite of the stance you took last week. Oh, fuck, is it? Yes, last week, you are like, I think it'd be harder for there to be a dog ghost than a human ghost. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm embarrassed. Did you just turn
0: off your, your camera?
1: I don't want, I don't want you to look at me right now. <laughs> I don't like the way you're looking. I'm, I'm, you can't see, but I'm also covering up your face with my hand <laughs> on my side, because I don't want to see oh, okay. you right now. Oh, okay. okay. Is that really the opposite of what I said last week? Yes. Oh, like, for fuck me. Paid of the exact did just, opposite. Did I just say what your argument was last week for
0: it? Yeah, you did oh, kind of. Oh, fuck
1: me. Damn. Well, this is humiliating. I pride myself on 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 being a man of consistency, and I feel that I've really I've really fucked that right on up for myself.
0: <laughs> a little bit. So you're saying this one is a ghost, though?
1: I think this one's probably a ghost, Dog. I think you've swayed me. Blue Dog has a very compelling story. I'm sorry you got stuck with a rich asshole for an owner, Blue Dog. You did deserve better.
0: This is true. Well, Blue Dog was minding his own business. Whenever his owner has to go around bragging about how rich he is, who the fuck does that and doesn't expect to get robbed?
1: Blue Dog doesn't understand the concept of money so blue dog just thinks that this pile of gold is really important to his master he does not understand the monetary worth of it he just understands the love his owner had for it and so he's like yeah i mean like i'll do it do it for him do, do it for him that's really sad
0: yeah our next dog ghost mm-hmm. dog preston the protector preston why'd they give him a grown man's name In their book, Ghost Dogs of the South, award-winning folklorists Randy Russell and Janet Barnett tell the story of Preston the Boxer, a friendly ghost dog who haunts the streets of Belmont Hillsboro neighborhood in Nashville every Halloween night. That's adorable. He's a friendly doggie. The story goes that on one Halloween almost 50 years ago, Preston was walking with a group of trick-or-treaters when one little boy stopped to pick up candy that he had dropped in the road. (gasps) The boy's older sister went to pull him off the street as a car was fast <gasps> approaching, but Preston the boxer got there first. He knocked the child out of the way of the vehicle and saved him, but unfortunately was hit himself by the car. <clears throat> After making sure her brother was okay, the girl went to look for Preston, but mysteriously, his body was never found. What?! Now, locals say that every Halloween, trick-or-treaters who wandered too close to the road had been reportedly bumped back onto the sidewalk by the gentle ghost of Preston, who Aww. walks diligently up and down the neighborhood until all the lights go out. Fuck. What a good boy, indeed. Fuck, that's really cute. God damn, that's really cute. That's so sad.
1: I forgot that in order to have ghost dogs, it means the dog has to die. <laughs> this is really sad. Six stories of gruesome dog death. I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> I'm like so. I'm like mourning him. Um. I do, I do think that story is very precious. Fuck, because I'm thinking through my prior criteria. <sighs> the problem is that if I think a story is compelling enough, I'm way more likely to think it's got a ghost in it.
0: That did carry over from last week. There were several stories last week that I felt like were sketchy as hell, but you were like, "But the story's compelling." The <laughs> chef a and a the sommelier t- exploring each other's bodies in the wine cellar.
1: You said explore each other's bodies. To be clear, you said that they were major homos for each other. I did not propose that idea. I said that he was passionate about his wine and I said he lived in the cellar. You said that they fucked nasty. So I feel like this story okay, they didn't even find the dog's body. I feel like that is unrealistic. I think the idea is very sweet. I think this probably has happened before. But I don't think that the I, I don't think that no kid has ever stepped off the sidewalk before since. You know what I mean? I think it's a really sweet idea. I love the idea of him patrolling the streets up and down, but it's like, is anybody even seeing the guy or are they just saying they felt a little bum? I think that Preston the Protector went to heaven. I don't think that he stayed as a ghost.
0: Okay, so diagnosis, not a ghost.
1: Diagnosis, not a ghost. I think that Doggy Jesus took him up into Doggy Heaven. (laughs) That also implies Doggy Crucifixion and Doggy Pontius Pilate, which is pretty fascinating, actually.
0: That also implies an entire dog god. Yeah, Who sent his only dog, dog son.
1: Mm. When he was just a little puppy, <laughs> To dog Virgin Mary. For the, express, Mary.
0: Purpose, for the <laughs> express purpose of to sacrifice his own dog son. For our doggy sins. For our doggy sins.
1: Dogs look at his butt too much. Well, doggy Jesus took care of that sin though. Don't worry about it.
0: So the next dog. Mm-hmm is poogan the porch dog how do you spell poogan p-o-o-g-a-n sure i don't know what i expected
1: i thought it would sound sa- i, th- I didn't really didn't think it would have like poo i didn't think it had p-o-o i was hoping it'd be better than that but okay
0: poogan nope it's spelled exactly like it sounds that rules <laughs> locals of an affluent neighborhood in charleston south carolina will tell you that back in the 1970s, the most well-loved local of all was a street dog named Pugin. Was he a street he dog would, or a porch dog? He would wander from house to house eating whatever he could, was given and napping on any porch he could find. Uh-huh. His favorite porch was that of the large Commodious Mansion at 72 Queen Street, where the owners would always treat him well. One day, however, the couple moved and sold their mansion, leaving Pugin behind to sleep on their porch. Eventually, their home was turned into a restaurant where Pugin the street dog was still allowed to nap and even given the job of greeting customers as they entered. Pugin eventually died of natural causes in 1979, and the restaurant still stands as a monument to him. Of course, many modern diners have reported hearing barking as they enter the restaurant and feeling a small dog brush up against their legs as they eat. Some employees have also spotted Pugin still sleeping in his spot on the porch on hot summer afternoons. As if nothing had changed since his days as a friendly street dog. If a business says it, I don't believe them. If you're ever in Charleston, South Carolina, we know which re- what restaurant to check out.
1: Wrong. Marketing. Wrong. Also, I think somebody should have taken in the dog for real and not just let him wander the streets.
0: I agree with you there.
1: Like, he was obviously very, very friendly. He never did anything wrong. Why did we not have somebody take him in? Why did we not take him to the shelter? If you, go- if you liked him so much, why didn't you fucking keep him? They did Pugin dirty, and he also went to doggy heaven.
0: To hang out with doggy Jesus.
1: I think, I, 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 I wish that Blue Dog went to doggy heaven, but he was murdered. And I think that if there's tragedy behind it, it is more likely that there's going to be a
0: ghost. Well, Pugin sounds like Pugin was social murdered. People are to change the system to make it better for Pugin. Man. Leaving Pugin out to, 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 to deal with the elements. Feed him, feed him fucking scraps and be like, oh, we love him so much. Go fuck yourself.
1: Pugin deserved better.
0: Pugin was so happy to take whatever scraps we gave him. Yeah. That's just wrong.
1: Y'all are going to human hell, but he's in doggy heaven.
0: Indeed. So, uh, what do you think? Diagnosis ghost or not ghost?
1: Diagnosis not ghost.
0: Not ghost indeed. It's marketing. Uh, for the record, we talked about Pugin last week, too. Did we? Yeah. Except the the, the article we read, read last week only mentioned that Pugin brushing by people's legs as they dine. That's the only part of the Pugin legend it mentioned. Did they say his name last time? They briefly mentioned Pugin, but they I also d- mentioned the lady that haunts the front hall, the front room of that restaurant. Uh, I th- think I got
1: distracted by that. And
0: the pol- and the police have stopped taking phone calls from people being like, "There's a lady trapped in the restaurant."
1: Oh, is that same restaurant? This restaurant's just making a lot of shit up.
0: Yeah, it's the same restaurant. You can't have that many fucking ghosts. Also, it's in a rich neighborhood.
1: It's in a rich fucking neighborhood. Go fuck yourself. I'm not going to trust
0: rich people whenever they say, we've got ghosts. You're just trying to make
1: your shit ass neighborhood more interesting to everyone else.
0: It's like you do have ghosts, but it's more like the ghosts of all the workers that were exploited to gift you wealth.
1: I was about to say, this in fucking Charleston, South Carolina, it was a mansion. Bitch, that's blood money.
0: Mm Mm-mm. So, the next dogs. mm hmm. Two ghostly hounds.
1: That's a good title for a book.
0: This story comes from the mouth of actor Christopher Knight himself, who played Peter Brady on the hit TV show, The Brady Bunch. Okay. Knight tells a tale of how one night in between filming for the show, he was staying at the house of his friend Mike Lookinland's grandparents when he was visited by the the ghosts of two hound dogs. What the hell? They appeared at the foot of his bed while he was sleeping, and he awoke to feel their breath on his face. They were not menacing or scary, but rather regal and calm. Knight says they were also accompanied by a little girl, who called to them from the doorway until they eventually turned and left. The next morning, Knight mentioned the dogs to his friend's grandparents, who took him to the study and showed him a portrait of two hound dogs who used to live Uh, on the property. What? They looked identical to the dogs he saw in his bedroom, and Knight remains convinced to this day that they were checking in on him while he slept.
1: Okay, at first I was going to be like, you're so full of shit. That was a sleep paralysis experience. That was a dream. But, bitch, I love that trope of like, oh, I saw this thing. And then they're like, oh, and they point to the photo, and there's the fucking ghost in the photo. Man, I love that. God damn, I love that.
0: Oddly enough, no conclusion about the little girl has ever been made. Oh, yeah. But so we Who suppose that? that's a tale for a different day. Sure. Sure, yeah, just a way to cop out on that part of the article.
1: Yeah. So the two dogs lived on the property, but there was no girl. Mm. Mm. See, it's hard because I have no way of knowing whether or not he had seen and not noticed the photo before and if this is what his subconscious was kind of drumming up. Mm. Diagnosis maybe ghost. Did anybody else on the property ever see the ghost dogs?
0: No, it sounds like he was the only one.
1: Mm, no diagnosis, not ghost. He was there one night and he was lucky enough to see the ghost dogs, but the people who lived there never did. Come on. No.
0: No ghosts. Indeed. Diagnosis, not a ghost. Uh, The next story. The Hummelbau Howl. The what? The Hummelbau Howl. Cool. So Hummelbau is a name. How do you spell that? H-U-M-M-E-L B-A-U-G-H.
1: I knew there'd be an AU in there. Okay.
0: Gettysburg, Pennsylvania is allegedly one of the most haunted places in America, thanks to its role in the American Civil War. Yeah. During that time, the Hommelbau House stood as a Union Field Hospital and is known for being the place where Confederate Brigadier General William Barksdale died after becoming wounded in battle. Hmm. Legend has it that after his burial in Gettysburg, his wife traveled to the town with his most loyal hunting hound to exhume his remains and have them brought back to their home in Mississippi. Hmm. Upon arriving at his burial site, however, Barksdale's hound flopped down beside his grave and began to howl. Oh, that's sad. Barksdale's wife attempted to move the dog, but no matter what she did or said, the dog would not budge. All through the night, the dog sat at the grave and howled. Even after the remains were eventually exhumed, the dog still stayed and howled. Barksdale's wife chose to leave without her husband's loyal companion, uh, and in the days following, locals say no one could get the dog to move, eat, or even drink. Dog, the guy's not fucking there anymore. Now the dog's just dumb as hell. Eventually, the hound dog passed away next to his master's grave, and to this no, day... it was an empty plot. The guy was not there. Visitors of the Hummelbaugh house say they can still hear howling coming from the cemetery late at night, especially on the anniversary of Barksdale's death. If you're ever in Gettysburg, don't miss the opportunity to hear the howl of the Hummelbaugh hound. Point
1: A, your dog is dumb. Point 2, dog, your dad was a confederate. Grow the fuck up. Like, I'm, I'm, I I don't give a shit about that dog, sorry. The guy's not there anymore, and also he was a confederate. Whatever.
0: Dogs Gentle are listener. loyal to a fault.
1: Fault indeed. And also, dumb. The guy's not there. You are sad about dirt now. You are sad about dirt now. He is, he is not there. I, like, at first I was like, ah, But then even once they exhumed him, the dog kept howling. Okay, well, sorry.
0: What if the guy's ghost was there and the dog could see the ghost but no one else could? Mm,
1: why, why would his ghost appear to the dog and not his fucking wife? He might
0: not have had the best relationship with his wife. He might have been closer to the dog.
1: Okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so we know that the dog did did for real do that. What was the proof for the ghost dog again? That people sometimes heard the howling after it died? Yeah. Things howl all the time. There's other animals that howl. Yeah, tons of them. There's a lot of dogs that howl. Everybody had hounds back in the day. Yeah. Diagnosis, not ghost. Fuck that dog. And fuck the guy who
0: died. (laughs) Surprisingly, very few ghosts this time around. Uh, I think there was one, and that was Blue Dog. (laughs) Yeah, that was Blue Dog. The worst name for an animal ever, Blue Dog.
1: Listen, to be fair, I think it's better than, like, giving it a grown man's name like Preston. Sometimes you see a dog and you're like, damn, that's a dog. That's one of my favorite, like, that's one of my favorite tropes in shows. Fucking Daryl from The Walking Dead, he's like i i don't think that i should give it, give this dog a name it, he's his own guy he's dog <laughs> he just calls that dog dog breakfast at tiffany's she calls that cat cat that's just i just think it's cute and blue dog i think it's like blue hound like a type of dog i think so yeah blue hound. blue dog it's also fun to say
0: so uh the last story mm-hmm. the return of spot
1: oh classic dog name
0: in an interview done for the media brand animal activist group The Dodo, one woman named Ellie Thomas tells the heartwarming tale of her family's loyal dog, Spot. Okay. So this is in an interview. This is from an interview for an animal activist group and media brand yeah, I'm called waiting The to, Dodo.
1: Yeah, I, I was waiting to hear what they said, but I, I feel there is a a noted motivation in telling an interesting
0: story about your family dog here. Spot was a small black and white terrier mix who was rescued by Thomas and her husband after they attended a street fair. Spot was brought back to their new home, raised alongside their children, captured in many home videos, and was described as the perfect family pet. Cute. After many years with the Thomases, Spot passed away and was buried on the hill behind their home. Okay. Some years later, After the Thomas family had moved to a different house, not too far from their original, they ran into the new owners of their old house, and what a tale they had to tell. Bullshit. The new couple asked the Thomases if they had ever owned a small black and white dog, for it was often seen standing at the end of the hallway by the bedrooms. The dog
1: is just like the standing emoji at the end of the hallway. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) Amazed, the Thomas family was convinced that this was the spirit of their beloved dog, Spot, who was such a part of their lives that it seemed like he just couldn't let them go. According to the new family, several people have seen Spot on multiple occasions just standing in the hallway and watching, as if looking over all those who reside in the house. Hmm.
1: I was going to ask if we got the new family to corroborate it, and supposedly we did.
0: Yeah. Just like in life, Ellie Thomas knows Spot is making sure she and her family are safe by returning to the home where they once all lived so happily together. Good dog, Spot. Nah. Not feeling it? Nah. So out of six stories... There's only one ghost dog around these parts. So out of six stories, only Blue Dog. I think that
1: most dogs are not going to be ghosts. I just think Blue Dog had a tragic enough story that... He turned out to be a goddamn ghost. Cause here here's the thing tragic ending, very strong feelings, huge devotion to his owner, and also a physical a physical symbol of the cause of his owner's death that he now has cause to be tied to. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there is a no, I grounding thing there. I, I I I feel like that one makes the most sense. I'm suspicious of all the others, though. Indeed. Although I'm guessing they never dug up the treasure.
0: It says that it doesn't mention if anybody dug up the treasure or no. Has
1: anybody tried to dig up the treasure? Have we ever thought about that? Turns out he just had like twenty dollars or something, but that was pretty, you know, comparatively rich back in the day.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what the conversion rate for that would be. Like, what is? They still used pounds and pence and farthings and shit.
1: He just found some pyrite and was on his way to the to the pawn shop for a pretty rude awakening
0: how much was twenty dollars what year was that what year Date back to the seven, just the 1700s so i'll say 1776 why not okay okay twenty dollars in 1776 uh had the equivalent purchasing power to about 707 dollars today man fuck
1: this fuck us I found out that our mom made $110 a week doing a particular job back in 76 or 78, and it turns out that's about $583 a week now.
0: Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah.
1: I have one more degree than she has, and we were making about the same amount.
0: How sad is that? Shit's fucked. (sighs) But do you know what's not fucked? What's not fucked, Micah? The subject of our next segment. I want to talk about this monster.
1: Yeah, it's fucked up, sick, and t- sick, twisted, nasty monster. What do we have going on?
0: It's the monster, monster Zone. monster zone. I want to talk to you about the Mongolian death worm. God damn, that's such a good name for a creature. <laughs> Isn't it the best? <laughs> that's such a good name for a critter. This is from HowStuffWorks.com, by the H- way. Huge fan.
1: Friend of the podcast.
0: Deep within the vast deserts of Mongolia, there are whispers of a wriggling beast, the dreaded Mongolian Death Worm. The cryptid's fearsome reputation has captured the imagination of adventurers, cryptozoologists, and folklore enthusiasts alike. Yeah. The mythical sand snake adds to the allure of the vast and mysterious desert landscape, with local tales recounting its ability to... To kill victims with electric shocks or what? corrosive venom. What? So not the typical ways you'd expect someone to die in a desert. Yeah, electric shocks or corrosive venom. How'd they get this
1: worm electricity in it?
0: Even if the Mongolian deathworm exists only in our imaginations, the tales are no less intimidating. Hmm. Locally known as Olgoy Korkoy, which translates to Large Intestine Worm. Ew,
1: that's such a good name for a creature.
0: The Mongolian Death Worm has been an integral part of Mongolian folklore for centuries. According to the tales passed down through the generations, the mythical creature is said to resemble a large, thick-bodied worm measuring anywhere between 2 to 5 feet long. Ew. It possesses bright red or yellowish skin and corrosive yellow saliva, a Ew. lethal poison known for its ability to instantly kill anyone who touches it. Damn. While skeptics dismiss the creature's existence as pure myth, there have been numerous reported sightings and encounters over the years. hmm Local people and tourists have described witnessing the creature in the Gobi Desert, one of the largest deserts in the world, and a remote, hostile region with extreme temperatures and arid conditions. hmm the accounts often depict the worm as emerging from the sand, swiftly attacking its victims before it burrows underground, rapidly retreating like a sand boa.
1: Well, it's really good at getting underground. That's why they haven't seen it. The worm's really good at hiding. That's why humans can't find it. Payton's Haters will t- say it's fake, but he's got that nasty yellow spit that'll kill you on sight. So, of course, there's never been any sightings because he's so good at killing and he's so good at hiding.
0: All he needs is one victim to survive. Like, somebody who, like, sees their buddy get spit on. But they themselves are not a victim of the spit.
1: Well, it's got two fangs and go like, different directions. Snake eyes. That snake's an efficient killer. Snakes too good a to murder.
0: Paleontologist. Sorry, worm. <laughs> paleontologist Roy Chapman Andrews received a unique request from Mongolian officials ahead of his 1920s expeditions to the Gobi Desert. He recounts the meeting in his book on the Trail of Ancient Man. Hmm. The Mongolian premier at the time asked him to capture a specimen mm. of the Algorai the Horai, the death worm, for the government. While Andrews had never seen the creature, he heard many stories about his, its existence. The creature was described as headless, <clears throat> legless, <clears throat> sausage-shaped animal, believed to be about two feet long, extremely poisonous, and capable of causing instant death upon touch.
1: Where's the poison come out if not the mouth and the
0: head? It just secretes it. Ew. Like a worm. Because so if you try and catch it,
1: it's corrosive. You got your gloves on. It's corrosive. You can't get it. Can't get that slippery worm.
0: Can't get that slippery worm. The <laughs> paleontologist promised to capture the Algorai Horai if encountered using long steel forceps and wearing protective glasses to counteract its poisonous effects smart finally somebody fucking thinks of it the meeting concluded on friendly terms so the guy agreed yeah ultimately as you may have guessed Andrews did not encounter any death worms on his extended desert adventure but he did find dinosaur egg nests and a bunch of cool fossils okay well
1: that fucking rules
0: yeah, he's the discoverer of the, uh, of the um, protoceratops. Oh, cool. Also, that is a really good title, Can't Get That Slippery Worm. <laughs>
1: Can't Get That Slippery Worm, that's a real headliner. That's a real attention grabber. I thought I should write it down.
0: <laughs> Deathworms have attracted the attention of cryptozoologists and adventurers whose expeditions into the treacherous Gobi Desert have yielded various findings but no concrete evidence. Some researchers suggest that the worm's venom may possess unique properties that rapidly dissolve organic matter, leaving behind no trace of its victims.
1: It dissolves that thing whole. Bones, gone. Skin, gone. Teeth, gone. All of it's gone. The worm has dissolved you into goop. Nothing left. Starts Starts at the head. Just starts rolling down you. And you just disappear as it rolls. Probably. Thinking
0: Looney Tunes style. Probably. So, do you have Paramount Plus? Mm, Yes. I don't remember. Okay. Lower Decks. The Mm -hmm. Star Trek cartoon. Yeah. That I tell you about that's really funny that you should watch. Yeah. They had an episode where they introduced an alien called the Moopsie. (laughs) Right. Which, you know what? Let me see if I can get a picture of the Moopsie for you.
1: I would like an image of the Moopsie, please. In fact, you know what? Are you misremembering the name?
0: Let me share my screen. Hmm. I'm just going to show you the damn clip of the moopsy. Oh, Moopsie. cool. Let's go. It's so cute. Oh, it's so
1: cute. Oh, it's in the vents. Oh, it's going to eat it. Oh, it drank the bones. It's so cute. What a good little guy. He's so good at killing.
0: So good at killing and so cute. Freaking moopsy, man. It just says, moopsy, over Moopsie, over and over. Oh, shit. So Hold on. Wait. That's how I'm picturing this Mongolian death worm. So, Moopsie, Again, this is how this is how I I picture the Mongolian death worm. Just this cute <laughs> little thing that drinks bones.
1: Well, it was described as being distinctly uncute, being nasty red or nasty yellow, secretes saliva that kills you really bad, or electricity. Apparently, or electricity might could, could do both. We didn't really come back to the electricity, but that part interests me greatly. In uh,
0: 2005, a cryptozoological team led by British cryptozoologist and author Richard Freeman ventured into the Gobi Desert to search for the creature. I love cryptozoologists. They're nothing if not persistent. Though they didn't encounter the elusive legend, they documented testimonies from locals and collected samples of the desert soil. Those efforts aimed to shed light on the possible existence of the Mongolian deathworm. I'm sure. Scientists and skeptics offer alternative explanations for the rumors of the Mongolian deathworm. Some propose that the creature may be a misidentified known animal, such as a species of large burrowing skink, ooh, or an unknown species of legless lizard, Oh. Others suggest that the tales surrounding the creature are purely based on folklore, perpetuated by the, richers, the region's rich storytelling legends. Mm. One theory proposes that the Mongolian deathworm could be a surviving relic from prehistoric times, mm. a living fossil that has adapted to the harsh desert environment over the millennia. This hypothesis draws parallels to other cryptids believed to be in remnants of ancient creatures like such as the Loch Ness, Loch Ness monster yeah. or the yeti.
1: Well, they did search the whole Loch Ness lake. They did search the Loch Ness and it was em- it was empty of monsters. It is a lake, like it's a, it's an enclosed body of water that they were able to look into and search.
0: How do you know that just, like, right behind it the whole time, so it never actually got a picture of the camera, oh. Nessie could have been in the blind spot the whole time.
1: That's slick. We got to go down with a 360 camera to be sure next time.
0: Exactly. Mm. Something that a little, to cover more of our bases. Yeah. Maybe a body maybe, heat Maybe, maybe a camera. second camera to watch the first camera. Just to be sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was gonna say put a guy down there also to watch over it, but monster could eat the guy. Could just be a guy you don't like. So really, it's like a net positive. Oh, smart! You tell him it's a really big opportunity for his career.
0: Yeah. Then he comes if back the up. But it's like, God the guy, damn it. If the monster eats the guy, if the monster eats the guy, you're out one guy that nobody likes. Or if the guy sees the monster, you, you finally got a have lock proof.
1: Monster. Yeah.
0: You finally got proof of the Loch Ness monster. Yeah. Granted, and it's the, from some guy that nobody likes. Yeah. But still. You know, you can look past that. What
1: if the guy goes down there and comes back up because there's no Loch Ness Monster? Now we don't have proof and we also still have that shitty guy. I just realized we're pretty much only betting on the Loch Ness Monster existing here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, not having proof and still having the shitty guy is what we have right now.
1: All cards on Loch Ness Monster eats the guy. Yeah. Well, perhaps we should put fewer shitty guys in the Loch Ness Monster division.
0: Or more, in case the Loch Ness monster gets hungry one day and decides to eat them. What if it only hangs out with the Pleasant guys?
1: Listen, we've been filling that division up with shitty guys under the assumption that that would be preferable, but Nessie can also kind of, you know, test the spirit a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Nessie only appears to the pure of heart.
0: So Nessie's a unicorn now.
1: Nessie's got a little bit of a King Arthur thing going on. (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah. The Sword of the Stone... The dinosaur in the lake, the Ness in the lock, etc.
0: Yeah, it wasn't a lady in the lake that arose and gave Excalibur to King Arthur. Nessie. No, it was Nessie. It was a dinosaur. <laughs> Nessie coming up out of those waters and hucking a sword at him.
1: That's the adaptation I want to see. Give the people what they want. No more reboots. No more remakes. Nessie, King Arthur crossover. now.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, so skeptics. Of which I assume there are many have claimed that the death worm is actually just one of the following reptiles. Mm. Worm lizards. Didn't know that was a thing. The limbless reptiles are often mistaken for snakes due to their elongated bodies. However, the worm lizard belongs to a different taxonomic group called the Amphisabians, and they are not venomous. That's gross. I'm a huge fan. Venomous snakes. I do know what those are. These reptiles possess specialized glands capable of producing venom, which they inject into their prey through fangs to immobilize or kill them. What Some the examples include vipers, cobras, and rattlesnakes. What about the electricity? Sand boas. Are those not snakes? These non-venomous snakes belong to the family Boidae. The sand boa is named for its adaptation to sandy environments and is known for its burrowing behavior. Okay, it has the burrowing. But it's not venomous. Or electrical. You know what? It does beg the question. Are we remembering to test these animals to see if they're electrical? They might all be electrical. Every last one of them. We just haven't been testing for it. Well,
1: I don't know. Because the death worm apparently does that to kill people. But maybe it's not always reliable, so maybe they maybe they don't always do it. So we've just been going off of whatever the you know the critters we're testing regularly do, which is venom. But like, under what circumstances could we make this snake produce electricity?
0: <laughs> we need to know for science. For science. I love how we're asking the important questions. What can we do to make this snake generate electricity? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a power source. If we could really dig down and harness that, that's a power source. <laughs>
0: At the end of the day, we're just trying to solve for the energy crisis. And if the worm keeps
1: killing people otherwise, you know, we could probably make something pretty good out of this whole situation.
0: Legless lizards. What lizards? Legless. Oh. Legless lizards are reptiles that resemble snakes due to their lack of limbs, but they are not true snakes. They are distinct from both snakes and worm lizards due to their movable eyelids, cylindrical body shape... And giving birth to live young. That sucks. I hate that. Unlike snakes, the legless lizard has external ear openings. And unlike worm lizards, it possesses a forked tongue and belly scales. I don't like learning
1: about these critters. They're creeping me out a little bit.
0: Those are the things that people are like, Mongolian death snake could be that. I'm happy I don't live in the Mongolian desert. Yeah, it sounds terrifying with their death worms.
1: Like that's great biodiversity, but I don't think I could really deal with that too much.
0: Yeah. So that, anyway, that's been a uh, that's been our monster for the monster zone. That's awesome. I'm a huge yeah.
1: fan. What a weird little critter.
0: Yeah. I I still have one more segment, but I'm gonna pass on it for right now. Okay. Cause the edibles kicked in. <laughs> and now reading has become a lot of heavy lifting. Okay. That's okay. So Stevie. I hear tell you have a segment for me.
1: I got a little thing. I got a little thing for you. I got a little thing for you. And you know what? I think that is good that the edibles kicked in because I think this is going to get you in a really good headspace to deal with this
0: because we're going to gonna deal, head on to deal it. with this.
1: Yeah. To really confront it head on. We're going to open the gate into Stevie's playground.
0: Stevie's playground. So
1: Micah, we're going to do a little bit of crime. Mary kill. It's like fuck Mary kill. We're not going to fuck them. We're just going to who are you going to do a crime with. Who you gonna marry, and who you gonna just murder outright? Fucking's a little too much, but you can kill him if you want. And today we're gonna be doing that with the Muppets. Okay. All right. <laughs> so I have here a list of around around twenty different Muppets, and I'm gonna give them to you in groups of threes. I have a random number generator because I don't want to accidentally go in order of popularity. Because I did just take these straight off Wikipedia. If you need a refresher on any of these, let me know. I think most of them are pretty well known. Okay, let me be writing what your options are. Sam Eagle, Camilla the Chicken, and Beaker. That one. Criming, kissing, killing. I think Sam Eagle's a narc. Let me just kind of taint the pool a little bit there. I think Sam Eagle's a fucking narc.
0: (laughs) So obviously right off the bat, I'm going to be kissing Camilla the Chicken. She's a baddie. But I'm torn. Mm -hmm. Sam Eagle's a narc... So, should probably kill him to be on the safe side.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: But Beaker's annoying as shit. So, why don't you
1: just kiss Beaker to get it over with and marry Camilla the chicken? Although, to be fair, if you marry Camilla the chicken with, oh shit, you're right. Fuck, I got him mixed up. Okay, wait, hold on. Crime, crime, marry, kill. Oh man. Do you think Beaker? Okay, he is smart. He's a scientific assistant. Don't get him wrong.
0: But he's clumsy. He inevitably runs into the background and runs into things that uh, that have been set up by uh, Bunsen.
1: But also, if he gets caught, they're not going to be able to understand him to narc. Like they're like he's not going to be able to snitch, which kind of makes him a pretty good accomplice when you think about it.
0: But everybody understands what his meeps mean through context. That's
1: true. What kind of crime do you think Sam Eagle would commit?
0: Honestly. Probably some financial crimes. Do you think? Sam Eagle dodges taxes. Do you think? Oh, definitely. Sam Eagle's got several accounts of the Caymans. I think Sam Eagle might be a
1: libertarian who doesn't think the government should get their hands on his money.
0: I think you're probably right on that.
1: That yeah, that tracks. So you're Crime Mary Kill. So you're marrying Camilla the Chicken, you're killing Beaker, and you're gonna do a little bit of tax fraud with Sam Eagle.
0: You know what? No, I'm going to kill Same Eagle. Really? All of that just to kill him anyway? He's very pretentious. He seems really unlikable. He is pretty unlikable, I will say. He's pretty fucking annoying. Um, and Beaker is annoying, but Beaker, I feel like, if I can just do the crime and leave Beaker as the patsy. What's that? Like, frame him? Yeah, Beaker would be the fall guy.
1: That's so mean. That's really fucking funny, though. You're fucked up for that. That's really funny. I guess that tracks. All because you can't stand Sam Eagle. I mean, who wants to? Who wants to hang out with a with a libertarian to be so real and raw with you?
0: Nobody. That's who. That's why they're all lonely. <laughs> Damn. Libertarians don't even want to hang out with other libertarians. They find each other pretentious.
1: I wouldn't know. I don't know shit about about libertarians. I was trying to find cuz I just got my next um my next 3 ready for you. And I was trying to remember there was a while back that I couldn't remember the name of this particular muppet and I'm pretty sure that I thought he was called Mr. Sexy or like Mr. Horrible. It's Uncle Deadly. It is Uncle Deadly. Your options this round are Scooter, Dr. Teeth from the Electric Mayhem and Uncle Deadly. Actually, it's it's Dr. Teeth and The Electric Mayhem. I will not exclude them. Oh, man, they'd be a good crime crew. God fucking damn, they'd be good at crime.
0: Yeah, but I wouldn't mind marrying them. Ah, a a really happy polycule. (laughs) A really happy, really big polycule. That just sounds satisfying.
1: That sounds delightful. Damn it, that's really good. And Scooter, who's just that little guy. He's just hanging out. He's the one with the kind of orange noodle hair and the glasses. He is smart. Let me look up Uncle Deadly again to remind myself what he looks like. I remember him spooking me a little bit. Are you looking him up too?
0: Is it it Uncle Deadly?
1: Yeah. Deadly. Blue reptilian looking creature. Oh, he's like spooky. Oh,
0: gotcha. He, He
1: looks like a little dragon guy, kind of. Okay. Oh, he'd do some fucked up crimes. He would murder a guy. There is a reason his name is Uncle Deadly. That's a good street
0: name. Debuted in 1976. That was when he was born? That's when they debuted Uncle Deadly. That's epic. That's really cool. So? So, uh, here's the thing. I'm gonna marry Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem.
1: All eight of them, or however fucking many there are. (laughs) Exactly. That would be wonderful. That really would be wonderful.
0: (laughs) On the understanding... Then if I do any crimes, they'll probably want in on the crimes too, so you have an automatic crew. Built-in heist crew. Built-in heist crew, mm-hmm. which means I'm doing the heists with Uncle Deadly. Man, he'd be good at it. He'll do things to a security guard that Whew. are probably overkill, but you, you won't have to worry about the security guard anymore.
1: You will not find the fucking body. He's gonna eat that fang hole. He's going to put that shit in his freezer and make a fucking pot roast out of it. (laughs) He is...
0: Goddamn. But you know what this means? What? Scooter's got to die by default. He's just some guy. He should have been more interesting. Scooter gets through life by being as mediocre as possible, and now it's come back to bite him in the ass. He is an
1: NPC at best. I don't know if he's ever been the leading the leading man.
0: Well, he was so lackluster that they had to give him a sister in Muppet Babies so that he could be twins. That's really funny. I didn't know that. He doesn't have enough going on
1: for himself, so he's got to be a twin. Wow. And her name was Skeeter. That fucking rules. Scooter and Skeeter. I don't think they even made that character Southern, but that's a good-ass name for some Southern twins. Scooter and Skeeter damn that rules (laughs) your next bunch hey have you ever seen the 2011 Muppets movie with Amy Adams it's a delight you should watch it
0: maybe I feel like I might have
1: look it up real quick just so I want you to be able to see the cover
0: 2011 Muppets film I should have
1: realized you'd want to marry Dr. Teeth and the electric mayhem it's the obvious answer you know it wasn't to me at first but you're so
0: right (laughs)
1: No, I don't think I've seen it. Well, you see the
0: little yellow guy.
1: The little Muppet. His name is Walter.
0: What little yellow guy?
1: The... Hold on. He's one of the main characters. They had to put him on the cover, right? Hold on. They've got
0: a lot of different Muppets on these covers that I'm not... Where the fuck is
1: he? Oh, my God. Why does that not have the new main character? Oh, my God. Did they not put him on the fucking cover? They just put all the other Muppets? The other Muppets are side characters. That's fucked up. Okay, so Walter.
0: Okay, I think I found a picture of him.
1: He's um, he's a he's a kind little fella. He's got a, got a, a, a puff of brown hair, and yellow skin. He's a friendly feller. He's a sweet naive twenty-something, apparently. Um, but your options are Walter, Doctor Bunsen Honeydew, and Kermit, the Frog, which I wrote as Rog. In the
0: Discord chat. Okay. So right off the bat, mm-hmm. I'm going to marry Kermit the Frog.
1: Duh. He's a provider. He's a superstar. He's kind-hearted and loyal. He's a singer. He's a romantic. He's talented. He's an actor. He's a manager. He's really got it all.
0: Exactly. So you marry Kermit the Frog. But keeping it real, I'm still having a thing with Dr. Teeth in the Electric Mayhem.
1: On the side, honestly, I think that Kermit's probably got his own thing going on with Miss Piggy. So, like, who cares?
0: Also, standing invite to Kermit the Frog. Yeah. Me and the Mayhem, we'll have a standing invite. Like, hey, if you ever want to, you know,
1: throw in and get weird with it. If you ever want to join the Polycule Kermit, the door's open. And he's like, oh, thanks, guys. I, I I, think I'll stay in tonight. I appreciate the offer, though. I don't think he'd be mean about it, you know? <laughs>
0: no, I don't think he'd be mean about it either. I think he'd be <laughs> understanding.
1: I think Kermit's very sexually progressive. <laughs> Fuck, what is it? You've seen that clip of him on the Joan Rivers show? No. Oh my God. There's an interview way back when, when he was on the Joan Rivers show, and she asks Kermit how he is in bed. And he says, like, as in sleeping or, and she was like, now come on, like <laughs> basically, like, you know, like, how are you in bed? And he was like, eventually after a little bit of waffling, he basically said, Joan, what you see right now is the whole Kermit. So and everybody just busts the fuck up. Kermit admits to not have a weeby. He's like, I'm there, are Well, you know, I'm great at um, sleeping, though. It was very scandalous. It was great. Indeed. So you're marrying Kermit, but between Doctor Bunsen Honeydew and Walter, who's doing the crimes, and who's doing the time in the grave? <sighs> I don't Walter know would Walter. Be so bad at
0: crime. I don't know Walter. I'm sorry. I don't know this new <sighs> Muppet. I don't know their background. I don't know if I should trust him. He's. I feel like I shouldn't trust him. He doesn't seem trustworthy to me. I
1: think that he would squeal to the cops really easily because he thinks cops are good guys. Yeah, sorry.
0: Walter's got to go.
1: Sorry, Walter. Off to the Which gulag. means I'm doing crimes with Dr. Bunsen Honeydew. He'll make a cool laser gun for you or something. Yeah. I think that that if he viewed it as a justified scientific endeavor if you could frame your crimes as a justified scientific endeavor he would totally go along with it easy but I think you'd have to manipulate him a little bit into it like acts like you're not gonna do crime I don't know
0: easiest thing in the world do you think it's simple you simply ask dr. Bunsen honeydew the question hey how would you like money to continue doing research
1: Oh, like I will fund your research if you fund my endeavors.
0: Like, yeah, I'll help fund your research if you help me mm, do crimes. That's pretty good. I think this
1: might tempt him. Oh, I, I know it would.
0: I want to. Academia think he is has, rough. You, it's hard to get money in academia.
1: That it is. That it is. I want to think he'd be a man of more principle, but honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I'm putting together our next selection: Statler and Waldorf, Swedish Chef. Or Miss Goddamn Piggy. Miss Piggy could do some crazy fucking crime. Let's get that out of the way. Marrying her is the obvious choice, but she would be so fucking good at crimes.
0: I am going to go controversial on you here.
1: Don't kill Miss Piggy. I'm going to beat your
0: ass if you kill Miss Piggy. I'm killing Miss Piggy. What the fuck is wrong with you? Because that gives me the option of marrying Swedish chef who can cook.
1: That's true.
0: And you're going to do crimes of style. <laughs> And hell yes,
1: I'm going to do crime with Statler and Waldorf. They have mob ties. You know For sure.
0: God, they'd be so good at it. So with those choices, its only option is to kill Miss Piggy. That's
1: really sad, and I'm pretty upset with you for that. I'm I'm a little upset with you for that. I'm not even going to lie to you.
0: No, understandably. I should have, like... You know, been like, I'll marry Miss Piggy or whatever. But then what? Kills the Swedish chef whose only crime is cooking delicious food for people?
1: If you'll recall, he did try to kill and eat Big Bird really, really, really bad in Muppet's Family Christmas. And that made me hate him for life. Because what the fuck is wrong with you? He was like, Big fucking Bird. Big Bird, put him in the oven. What are you talking about? It wasn't until Big Bird sang a happy little Christmas song that it occurred to him that he shouldn't do that. He wasn't even trying to cook Camilla the chicken. And she couldn't even talk English. And she's actually chicken sized. But you're going to try and cook the giant fucking bird who sings sweet little songs and won't fit in your oven? He's a fucking criminal. And not even in the fun way. I'm killing the Swedish chef. I'm marrying the <laughs> shit out of Miss Piggy. And I'm going to do insano crimes with Statler and Waldorf. <laughs> at least we agree on Statler and Waldorf. They would be very, very, very good at crime, <laughs> they would be eerily good at crime. <laughs> Um, I'm going to give you a, a a fun little group. Crazy Harry, Gonzo the Great, and Pepe the King Prawn. Now, I have to Google Crazy Harry, because <laughs> I don't remember what he looks like.
0: Okay, um...
1: Oh, God, he's so scary. He looks like Igor from Young Frankenstein. Isn't that such a good description of him?
0: Okay, Crazy Harry.
1: Crazy Harry, Gonzo the Great, and Pepe the King Prawn, who is just you know if if the term riz had been around <laughs> when, when the, the muppets first got big they would have dubbed him pepe the the rizzler or whatever it is the kids say rather than pepe the king prawn because he's beating ass 100 percent, he is so pepe good at it.
0: the king prawn pure sex appeal oh that guy yeah him debuted in 1996 what was it? 1996 was when that guy debuted. Huh. Younger than I expected. He was 96? 96. Oh, you, you, you've never existed in a world where Pepe the, the King Prawn did not exist.
1: I've never had to bear that, no.
0: I'm going to marry Gonzo.
1: You're marrying Gonzo. Excellent. I'm
0: marrying Gonzo. Ah,
1: but he does good stunts for good crimes.
0: No, I'm going to do the crimes with Crazy Harry.
1: Oh, shit, you're right. This is another Uncle Deadly situation in which he is eating the evidence.
0: Pretty much. <laughs> he is eating the evidence. <laughs> Get him
1: on a team <laughs> with Uncle Deadly? You're not making it out alive. The What you don't know is that you are their fall guy. Probably. Like, oh, man, they're not here to fuck around. Lord,
0: those but guys But, of course, this means, by default, gotta kill Pepe the King Prawn
1: i would kill crazy harry because his face is frightening and i don't like to look at it and i think he would make me anxious rather than feel secure in my stunts and my my crimes so i would kill him pepe would be the the guy who gets us in with the charisma i think that he can lie his way into pretty much any situation he would be the guy on the inside inside the the oceans 11 casino you know what i mean he's the one dealing with everyone forward-facing And I'm going to marry Gonzo, non-binary icon. What else are you going to do with him? You know, I love him. And he's a very confident fellow, I feel. He's a passionate lover. Have you seen him and Camilla together? Oh, yeah, definitely. He would have his little thing on the side, but that's okay. You've got the electric mayhem. Gonzo does join on Swinger Sundays. Let's get that out of the way. Gonzo is there. Yeah. It gets crazy. Indeed. You're fucked up for killing Pepe. You'd rather deal with... Crazy Harry than Pepe the Frog
0: What? Pepe the King Frog, not Pepe the Frog <laughs> Fuck I feel like Crazy Harry would uh, get the job done with the crimes we're concerned I guess it depends on the kind of crime
1: you're going for Are you doing aggravated assault? Because Crazy Harry would kill at aggravated <laughs> assault <laughs> Fucking eh. Your next bunch are Fozzie Bear, Animal and Clifford, who I have to google because I don't remember who that is Who's Clifford the Muppet? Oh that guy Oh what a sassy little fella I like this vibe Big beautiful fish lips Locks Gorgeous outfit Nose piercing Gay little nose piercing I enjoy the the energy of this character Really sassy outfits Purple Purplish pink skin
0: Yeah so I guess I'm gonna marry Clifford <laughs> Immediately Kind <laughs> <laughs> of marry be- Clifford
1: beautiful specimen
0: i'm gonna do crimes with animal
1: oh duh yeah for sure
0: animal animal is someone who sounds like i could probably get him on board with like my more anarchist tendencies the problem is that i worry that animal would kill bystanders i i think animal understands enough not to kill bystanders
1: i think animal would accidentally kill the bystanders because he would get a little overzealous and he would start shooting cars and then the cars would explode because he doesn't understand cause and effect very well
0: Cars don't explode by shooting at them. That only happens in movies.
1: And also in video games. And which, as we all know, games. are based on real life.
0: <laughs> if you shoot what, like
1: the gas tank of a car, if you shoot it enough, yeah, it's probably going to explode, right?
0: Mythbusters did a whole thing where they disproved <gasps> that. Did they really?
1: Oh, I've got to watch yeah. that. I'm going to watch that after this. Okay, so then he probably won't. So that fixes that.
0: <laughs> exactly. So you do your crime to the animal... But it means, by default, again, Fozzie Bear is gonna get it.
1: Fozzie Bear is gonna get it. He's never been my favorite. I know he's supposed to be endearing, but honestly, his insecurity kind of grates on my nerves sometimes. That Fozzie sounds Is gonna get got. But I just, I sorry, Fozzie, you're really not. You're not taking a lot of boxes here. My apologies. And our last group: Ralph, Rizzo the Rat. Uh, they already have a Riz guy in here, and Bobo the Ebar, who I also have to Google. Oh, no, it's Bear. It's Bobo the Bear. I misspelled Bear. It is not Bobo the E-Bar. I really thought that was just his name in the Muppets. It's Bobo the Bear. He's a a bear. He's a bear in a tie. He's got a very gruff voice. If that affects your decision at all. Ralph is a sweet piano dog. Rizzo the Rat is Gonzo's best friend in the whole wide world.
0: So, I think we're gonna marry Ralph. Hell yeah.
1: Family man for sure.
0: I'm gonna do crimes with Rizzo the Rat.
1: Duh. That fucker can fit into any goddamn crevice. He's going to get on the inside, but not by r- rizzing his way in there. He is going to, you know, wiggle through the keyhole or whatever, the cracks in the fence. He's got it. He's got that shit down. He's very resilient. He is a rat.
0: Which means, by default, I got to kill Bobo the Bear.
1: Bobo the Bear has an unsettling uh, uh vibe about him. A certain innocent genesis- That makes me want to kill him actually it's like ooh, that girl's got something but i don't want to find out what it is you know
0: very empty eyes very staring yeah
1: i don't love it i don't love it i i think we can agree pretty solidly on this one absolutely marrying the family man the piano man and do insane o crime with at the rat you know a lot of the muppets are surprisingly well suited to crime <laughs> Honestly, I'd say most of them are. actually. There's a, there's a pretty good chunk of them that are... I'm pretty sure that all of them have done some crime at some point, actually, come to think of it. The Muppets has run yeah. for a very long time. It's a very large cinematic universe.
0: I'd say they've done a fair amount of crime.
1: Absolutely, they have. Do you follow Gonzo's Twitter account?
0: I'm not on Twitter anymore, so, uh, no.
1: Gonzo does good tweets. Gonzo is, is a made poster like he is he is made for posting on the internet man he's so cute they say a rolling stone gathers no moss i don't know if that's true but i do know if the stone's big enough and rolling fast enough it gathers plenty of gonzo what a rush he's just a good guy he's just a silly guy i'm a big fan
0: i think we have enough for an episode like more than enough i agree so stevie where can people find you
1: hey people you can find all my stuff at steviebea.com that's steviebea.com I have a discord server and I do twitch streams I'm especially a big fan of doing twitch streams so you should come on down watch me play a little game every now and then Micah where can the people find you
0: the good people can find my music at mxmaxwell1.bandcamp.com you can also find me on blue sky if you're on blue sky so go go there I guess do that also do that also we also have a Patreon, where for a mere $3 per month, you can hear bonus episodes for every one of our free episodes. So you get twice as much content right out of the gate in your ears. And if you're really cool and you want to help us uh, put more effort into the show, we have a $10 tier, where we will also read your name out in each episode. Our $10 patrons are Maury Crimson, Louis Meikle, P. Wilbo and Cassidy Johnson woo
1: thanks guys thanks friends
0: so yeah Uh, we also have a Tumblr where you can message Stevie about uh, quizzes that you would like us to take or daily
1: questions or topic ideas and that is gender swap podcast on Tumblr.com
0: is there
1: anything we're forgetting
0: if you message on the Patreon you'll be talking directly to me I guess I'll mention that If you message the Tumblr, you're talking to Stevie.
1: Mm, Don't forget to rate the freaking podcast on whatever, whatever app you're listening on. It really, really, really helps us algorithmically. If you're on Spotify, they've got comments on episodes now. So leave a little comment. Say hello. We love seeing it.
0: But yeah, I think that covers all of our bases. So nothing left to say, but bye. Bye.